Cool. So uh, welcome everybody to the, what is it? The fourth? No, fifth? I don't know. Some episode of uh, Cards with Good Ideas, which is a podcast about, um, I don't even know what, what are we about anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> inviting random people, friends of friends, um, talking about things. Uh, but today we have a guest that I have, I know nothing about because, uh, is it a, do you know, is it your friend? You, how, yeah, my colleague. Can you introduce Pradeep? Pradeep, um, I'll just briefly introduce you and then yeah. you can introduce yourself. And Pradeep's a PhD at MIT doing ethnography of um, uh, Indian underground hip hop. Um, cool. You can introduce yourself. Yeah. yeah, so as Dino mentioned, I've been doing this PhD at the same school as Dino at RMIT, um, looking at uh, underground hip-hop in India. So that's just the general thing, but I'm specifically looking at their use of technology and the use of media to kind of, you know, promote themselves and create a scene. Uh, so yeah, so I have been doing this research for, what, nine months now, and uh, I also do a radio show. and. Uh, I've been DJ as well, so I've been in, I've been researching uh, various kinds of you know various genres of DIY music in the global south for the last few years. Cool. Well, what's your DJ name? Ah, that has that has changed a few times. It started with Lord Lingham many years ago, okay. and then okay. I thought that name was uh, to some it bit. was starting to sound a bit corny, and to others yeah, yeah, yeah. it was becoming a bit. Uh, risky uh, in terms yeah. of you know religious fanatics around there so i kind of changed my name to to dr deep so my current dj name is oh dr. like deep. Deep, pradeep pradeep yeah. yeah so dr deep uh, and uh, is it because lingam is like a phallic thing? it is it is and okay. it is actually uh, uh refers to a hindu god lord lingam yeah sure and yeah. Uh, so okay. the whole thing was tongue-in-cheek because i used to play when I started DJing in 2004, I used to play a lot of uh, what you'd call, uh, they used to call booty music back then, you know, a lot of like ghetto tech and uh, uh, Caribbean music, music with a you know, club music, very kind of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of sexual uh, aspects to them. And so I thought, oh, Lord Lingham is, is, is a perfect DJ name for that. Uh, but then over the years, of course, the kind of music I was playing changed and uh, the political situation uh, in, in India or around the world changed and I thought oh, maybe I should just not use that name and use, sure. use my own name and, and you know probably I could you know that's a better name to have because I can use it for a long forever so when you when you started playing this was in India like in 2004 no no it was all in Australia so oh it was always in Australia okay always in Australia so I've been in Australia okay. what's ghetto tech ah ghetto tech is well you guys know dirty south a genre of music in the U.S. Yeah. called Dirty South, or Crunk, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami Bass. So it's it's basically mm -hmm. hip hop, but you know it's it's uh, it's hip hop but aimed at the dance floor. So that's pretty much from where twerking culture comes from. Mm. So it's yeah. music with you know with a very kind of you know uh, you know sexual a lot of sexual references. Basically, it's music to to dance to you know in in a, in a kind of a sweaty nightclub. And maybe find someone to have sex with. That's pretty much, you know, what that music, I think, was aimed for. So I used to play that. But ghetto tech is kind of global as well because the Brazilians have their own version. 
the Jamaicans have dancehall, which is basically their own ghetto tech. And then you go to Africa and like South Africa has its own kind of ghetto tech. So it's one genre of American music uh, that has also that has spread around the world. Uh, and, hip, you know, basically hip hop has spread around the world. And uh, yeah, sure. so has ghetto tech. Interesting. So did you are you going to India? Like you said, you're nine months into your research. So you're, you're yeah. like you started your PhD for nine, like in nine months or I started nine months ago officially. Okay, but I have okay. been doing research. So uh, coming back to the DJ, uh, you know, my DJ life. So I've been DJing in, yeah. in clubs and stuff, but I got involved mm. in radio in 2006. And that's pretty much okay. when I started to become quite serious with researching music and curating music and my focus sure. has always been on music from the global south uh you know that's the developing world so you know asia yeah. africa south america but but quite a bit of focus on india the arab world and and some parts of africa because i grew up in africa when i was you know spent oh, some okay. childhood there yeah in nigeria so i've got a bit of interest in, in, in nigerian music i also love middle eastern music so one of the so while doing research uh, on Indian music or contemporary Indian youth culture, I came across uh, hip hop, Indian hip hop. And the reason it interested me was because it was uh, very close to hip hop when it started, like in its, uh, you know, when it, when it or originated in the 19th, late 70s. You know, that kind of very grassroots, uh, do it yourself aspect to it. Uh -huh. and, sure. and the other thing was, what I found interesting about hip hop in India, as opposed to other Western genres that have come into the country, hip hop had actually kind of touched every single uh, social class and caste. Uh, I'm sure you guys are all aware that India is a very hierarchical country. Sure. And that uh, you know, it's, mm. it's it's very class based. It's very caste based, and you know, there, there's a whole division of people according to. Where, where they sit in terms of their socioeconomic background. But what I found interesting was hip-hop kind of transcended that. So you'd have hip-hop practitioners who would come from middle-class families as well as from the slums. And they would also could be coming from different religious backgrounds. So they could be Hindu, they could be Muslim, uh, Christian. And, and that was what I found interesting. The other thing I found interesting about that was, was the way... They were practicing hip hop in, in the. Uh, what I mean is that it's a poor country, and even a, a middle class Indian kid doesn't have access to the same infrastructure or or money that a Western kid, or even even forget a Western kid. Even even think about kids in say Taiwan or Hong Kong, or or, or, or even you know a place like Thailand or Bangkok would have access uh -huh. to uh, Indian middle class or lower middle class rather to be specific means you don't have much personal space so you share your bedroom with your brother or your sister uh right you know and you might have a very crappy laptop and you have your phone so mm -hmm. these were people who were making music on their phones and their laptops so there was this whole lo-fi aspect to it you know where people were turning their phones and laptops into mobile studios essentially and mm. I really found that interesting as well. Yeah, no, I'm just curious about this this uh, cross class aspect mm. of it that you mentioned. So, is it mm. a, a coherent thing of all hip hop in India, or is there also some kind of hip hop that is 
still very class-based and are there any clashes between you know different genres or different careers or whatever i mean there's broadly there are two kinds of hip-hop in india uh the first mm. the, the the original indian hip-hop was the commercial hip-hop which was basically a copy of american uh you know say american commercial hip-hop so you know right. pretty much performers wearing expensive gear and you know flashy cars uh beautiful women you know it's all made up stuff you know pretty much like commercial western hip-hop and that was the original hip-hop that was there in india so sure uh, yeah and, and you heard and you heard a lot of that as part of bollywood soundtrack so bollywood used a lot of that kind of commercial hip-hop the underground hip-hop is a kind of a reaction to that mm. so uh, it's almost like there's two camps. You've got the commercial hip-hop and you've got the underground okay. hip-hop. And there's a bit of a crossover because some of the practitioners in the com- in the commercial world came, have street cred as well. So they would also work with underground, their colleagues in the underground scene to, you know, to make stuff that's different to what they do for money. So it's broadly two uh, worlds. However, there are a lot of differences in terms of uh, there are a lot of linguistic aspects. So one of the interesting things about hip-hop in India is that it's uh, because it's a country with yeah, different ethnicities and different languages. So uh, you've got different regional languages uh, you know, that are used. You know? So you've got uh, parts of India which, you know, where the language is very different to, say, the official language, which is Hindi, and they use their own language their own ethnic language to to rap sure so there is a bit of say i wouldn't use the word rivalry because there's a lot of cooperation between the artists but there is a bit of the uh kind of uh some kind of legitimacy or some kind of uh localization of hip-hop so you've got hip-hop in southern india which is in tamil and they take pride in the fact that they rap in tamil and uh, then you've got hip-hop in northeastern india which is very close to China and Myanmar, and they've got their own languages and they rap in that language and yep. they take pride in that. Having said that, the center of underground hip hop culture in India is Mumbai, because it's kind of like I don't know, you could call it the Shanghai of India, or, or, or the New York of yeah, India, because yeah, yeah. that's that's the richest city, yep. that's where well, that's the financial capital. It's also uh, business, you know, it's, it's, it's a money city and uh, Western influences or foreign influences when they come to India, they come through Mumbai. So Mumbai is kind of the hub. And uh, so there is there is a bit of like, uh, you know, so every rapper in the country wants to go and perform in Mumbai. It's almost like getting a, a badge of honor to go and perform in Mumbai. So there is a bit of, I wouldn't say it's a tension, but there's a bit of asp- aspiration in that regard in like where do you sit regionally yeah so there is a bit of regionalism but in the meantime actually i was wondering whether there are any uh of the languages like the regional languages that lend themselves to hip-hop particularly like the cadence of the language is there one that stands out uh i would say it's kind of interesting because i i can only speak bengali because my family comes from bengal which is the eastern part of india and i understand hindi and it does sound quite good in these two languages. Also, what they do is they use a lot of uh, local, uh, local, uh, a lot of slang, which is very localized. And they play with those words. There's a lot of word play, which is pretty you know, typical of hip hop. Uh, and mm. they, 
one of the things with India is because of uh, uh, of its colonial past, uh, English is also quite widely used. So rappers, when they're when they're using uh, an Indian language, would use English as well. But it's also a play; it's all a word play. And uh, I would say the the current crop of rappers, the way they use language, is quite interesting. So if you're looking at it more from a linguistic perspective, it's quite interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the the other things, because I remember talking to my mother, who is about you know she's in her late seventies. And, you know, hip hop culture is very, it's not something that she's, you know, it's foreign to her. It's alien to her. But when I played some of the Bengali rap to her, she was really impressed. And she said that reminded her of when she was young and street poets would, would battle each other, would have this kind of kind of duets or they would have this kind of, you know, kind of poetry slam. And so uh, hip hop reminded her of a poetry slam that she should have heard when she was young.
I don't know if Pradip can give us a little bit of context about this. Like, what does the is that the name of the is of it, the group, so of is, the crew, it, or the I title? I mean, is it about fuck the police? I, I, yeah, what is it? <laughs> it is partly about fuck the police. Uh, well, that's a that universal language. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a universal hip hop language, you know, slogan, isn't it? Uh, that, that's part of it. But I think what it, it's it's two rappers. They're, they're quite, they're both from the slums. So uh, yeah. that slum that you see in that video is the same slum in Slumdog Millionaire, Danny Boyle's film. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, okay. Danny Boyle's depiction was a bit uh, bleak. But actually, that slum is quite a thriving uh, estate in, in terms of like, you know, there's a, there's a strong community there. And these two rappers come from opposite ends of that slum. I think that's the largest slum in Asia. And okay. uh, so there's two guys. There's the there's a guy with the shades on, Niazi. So Niazi is Muslim. And uh, yeah. I think he's been, uh, he, he was part of a street gang. And I think he was arrested twice and... Uh, I think the second time he was arrested and uh, bashed up by the police, he just decided, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to do any more shoplifting or rob people. Instead, I'll just focus on being an artist. So he he is he raps in Urdu, which is uh, a Muslim version of Hindi. But yep. the kind of Urdu that he's rapping in is very localized. It is, but the words he's using uh, represent that very, very sort of, you know, the neighborhood that he comes from it's, it's very specific to that neighborhood divine is actually is the other guy the guy who seems oh, to right. be holding on to his crotch a bit while he's rapping mm-hmm. and uh, yep. the guy with the mustache so divine's very he's actually become quite successful and he's signed on to sony right now wow okay so yeah so that's a story of rex you know i mean i don't know whether he's rich he's just signed on to sony but he also comes from that slump and so it's it's a bit about Mary, Mary, the song is called Mary Gullime. Gully means yeah. a narrow laneway. So in Indian slums, because they're like informal housing states, yes. uh, the, the the passageways and the, and the laneways are really narrow. Sometimes you have, actually have to walk sideways to get to places because they're so narrow. Mm. And so and they're called gullies. And so the whole okay. s- so the, the song is this is my gully. So this is my laneway. This is my gu- it's my street, you know, that's what, you know, like in say, if you were from the Bronx, you'd say this is my street. But it's actually quite a positive song because it, it's all about, it's, there's a lot of humor in the song and it's about community, it's about friends, it's about the crazy uncle, it's about the cops always harassing kids, it's about the politician who's bullshitting and says, I'm going to do this and do that, promise, promise them things but never do it. And, you know, so it's, it's basically, it's, it's folk music. It's, it's contemporary urban folk music. Yeah, sure. And it's, it's very common hop, mm. yeah, hip-hop teams. I mean, you have the kind of the streets, this image of the streets, you know, they're mm. walking around the streets with a camera in front of them and yeah. all the community gathering around them and bringing yes. them around. Yeah, me, and right. uh, and I th- that was shot at an iPhone, the video. Mm. And I who think made the beats? Do, do they make their own beats or? I think the uh, beats are made by Niazi's DJ, but okay. it's 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 a kind of he no it has not been credited to that DJ, but mm-hmm. it's it's suspected that actually the track probably was written by both the rappers and then the DJs sure. their their respective DJs actually put it together. 
put, put the original, bait together. Sure. Yeah, but I think the original idea came from them, and even the, they they have a lot of control over how the music comes out. So the stuff like the bass lines and all that are probably added later. Uh, but I think the mm-hmm. beats, the original beats, and the, particularly the structure was was put up by the rappers themselves. Okay, sure. So that's quite a, uh, that's quite a you know quite a party track in a sense. And I thought of sending that first because it kind of represents uh, Mumbai hip hop. You know, it's pretty much uh, that that particular track was released in 2015. So it's mm. about it's about two years, two and a half years old. Yeah. But that's at that's what that was at the tip. That was when uh, suddenly, uh, say the the the, the more uh, youth media, uh, the digital. You know, the youth media in India is mostly digital, and the youth media and the more trendy clubs in Mumbai started to notice that there's these kids from the slum with a lot of talent and maybe we should you know give them gigs because as I said it's a very hierarchical society so some of the slum kids would never dream of playing in a in a hipster nightclub in an Indian city but Mm. that video changed that changed all that so suddenly, so uh, where Hawaii, do they where do they like before they were you know allowed or invited into this kind of clubs? Where do they play? Do they have do they have like uh, music spaces in the slums or do they just record in their bedrooms, streets or living yeah. rooms, bedrooms and 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 that's at, at those uh, narrow streets which you see in the okay. videos. So because mm. when I was in India, I went to one of they call them ciphers, and they basically mm. hang out of rappers and hip hop kids. They get together. And, you know, they, they kind of battle each other or, you know, work together, you know, like improvise. And so sure. the, the usual tools of the trade will be a phone and a Bluetooth speaker. So they'll have okay. beats and they'll use uh, the thing is in India, you know, uh, you can get pirated software all over the place. So some of these kids would be paying sub guy to install beat making software, you know, cracked and no one uses, uh, I mean, they'll probably have cheap Chinese phones and uh, they'll be getting cracked software to build, to, to make beats and they'll be practicing, you know, or, or performing in the street uh, and sometimes perhaps in someone's bedroom. I really like the uh, all ages character of the music video, yeah. like the old people and the, and the kids <laughs> dancing. I think that was, yeah. I mean, usually when you see a party video, hip hop, I guess the ages are a little closer like it's young people but you don't usually see like really i guess sometimes you see small kids but you don't see old yeah like middle-aged old people yeah it just reminds me a lot of um the um like um the hip-hop from uh uh chanto and um yeah 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 like i mean even in china like a lot of hip-hop it's about these days especially the underground things about the dialect but how well you can use the dialect to perform a particular kind of hip-hop even if you just still trap or they would use classic beats but it's about like sort of representing your region and trying to sort of glorify that and a lot of it just really there's a lot of regionalism in that and um it's obviously performative but at the same time i think that's why the senses are getting sort of wary of all this sort of how they represent um regional conflict and all that well i mean it's it's the same in taiwan 
like it's super regionalized um like it's even connected to like you know local temples and uh dialects and stuff like that and i like i was surprised a few months ago when like the a bunch of uh crews from Sichuan came here to perform because they have links between like uh different scenes in different cities yeah. even between taiwan and china yeah obviously so i can imagine that like this it's kind of like a shared regionalism so it's not like there are no like conflicts between regions it's more like a shared you know st strategy or tactics of you know adopting a dialect and yeah uh, making it a point so i guess that's why for the, for, yeah that's why that they, they they've got like there there's different kind of um say people from like um people who speak the um, Zhejiang dialect or something that area yeah. and the Sichuan dialect is sort of that's the lingua franca of the area and um they do have their own circles and a lot of the people from those regions are sort of the leading characters of those dialect rappers they usually refuse to participate in the rap of china competition yeah, yeah i mean that's like so you don't yeah. and and there's sort of that and then versus sort of the, the northern sort of mm -hmm. way of doing that um, yeah like official language yeah so wait with the chinese hip-hop the idea is that it's the regions against the center like that's the uh not necessarily is that the feud but the same, I mean, not necessarily that's the case, but performatively, yes. Like, they really try to put that into, I mean, that's sort of the underlying politics of hip-hop, um, because it's very language-based. Even, like, Mongolia and underground, there's even, like, I'm talking about, like, Inner Mongolia. They have their own underground of um, Mon in Mongolian language. So, like, they speak their own language, they have their own underground. Obviously, that is even more emergent thing. Like nobody know about them, but they do exist. Um, so like, there's different kind of. Um, obviously, when you're dealing with dialects and you're dealing with very most of the time very extreme um, verbal vulgarities and stuff. So like, there, there's that even in the northern thing. So like, but it's not necessarily um, captured by the official language because a lot of these um, obscenities are they are understood only share locally in that region in particular so i mean like there are also exceptions like higher butters higher butters is sort of one of exceptions when sort of overseas and now it's very popular in the u.s is no longer very indie yeah i mean they, they made it to the global scene they made a global scene and they started rapping mostly in english now but they started as as a local scene rapping almost exclusively in the Chengdu sort of language so like they so that's I don't know like um I don't know how the Americans especially like um stuff eighty eight rising how they absorb a lot of these Asian hip hop obviously they are very picky in terms of how what sort of hip hop they absorb it's it's like they're only absorbing the more sort of Western looking like in terms of their outlook they're more likely to be successful in the U S oh I mean you mean you mean American audiences yeah obviously I mean like well eighty eight rising is the kind of um, organization they absorb mostly asian rappers uh -huh. the, the sort of the best ones i mean not necessarily the best but like the most representative ones from say korea china and then indonesia and i mean not like not necessarily in a way that represent their country because once they absorb by ada rising becomes very international brand and the stuff that but do they have to start do they have to start rapping in english yeah obviously they all rap in english yeah okay yeah i guess that's the the entry point like if you want to make it into yeah an obvious global or american market and they don't talk about the local issues anymore a lot of these um older rap um they talk a lot about um their own 
uh, whatever that's going on in that cities and and that's very well that's sort of the starting point of the underground thing it's do you want to introduce uh, uh, the next track and then we all listen to it? Yeah, the next track is called Kolkata Rasta, which means Streets of Kolkata. Kolkata yeah. used to be called Calcutta. That's the uh, big city in the eastern part of the country. It's also a yeah. port city and it was the capital of the country during the colonial times. So in the last, since independence, it has sort of kind of, you know, descended into being a bit of a regional city. It doesn't have the... Uh, it doesn't have the tier one status it once did, but still mm. there's a lot of arts and there's a lot of uh, culture you know, in terms of uh, you know, folk culture that's, that's quite vibrant in the city. So this is a rapper called uh, Sizi and yeah. from Calcutta and uh, he, this is a, a, a tribute to, to the city. As I mentioned earlier, um, Indian rappers, they, there's, there's a lot of kudos, there's a lot of currency in uh, in how localized you are so i was i was kind of eavesdropping into what dino was saying about uh some uh, chinese rappers trying to yep. rap in english uh it's it's kind of in the indian context i mean deep inside an indian rapper might have some wild dreams of making it in the west uh particularly the u.s but I think, but that's not, that could be somewhere deep in their, you know, in their subconscious. But I think what they really strive for is, is it's, it's the local market, because it's a huge local market. And, uh, sure, yeah. And so, so what they try to do is they try to, if they're rapping in English at all, it's not so much to attract a Western audience as to have uh, an all India kind of fan base, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Let's and play the track. So, yeah, let's play the track. Shut up, man, I'm not the pendulum, but you're not the show, or shamming, chitty, a kalaya. 
Era Kolkata Rasta, era Kolkata Rasta, era Kolkata Rasta, era Kolkata Rasta, era Kolkata Rasta. language is this first of all bengali oh this is in bengali bengali okay yes what does it what does the title mean is it just rasta in kolkata or something like that yeah yeah rasta means uh, street ah okay so it's not okay it's not rasta it's in rastafarian okay <laughs> yeah, no. so it just means streets of kolkata or street streets of kolkata yeah yeah okay so it's, it's a tribute to to the city uh yeah. in terms of you know what because that is pretty much some of the uh, you know the, the the visuals you see, some of the imagery that you see in the video. It's quite quite typical of what a, a day would be in that city. You know, there's there's always things happening. It's it's, it's a very it's well it's an overcrowded, polluted city. You know, and, but there's there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of street culture, and I think and a lot of things happening. And so I think the video kind of captures some of that. Yeah. I, uh, it feels uh, yeah, it feels yeah. a little bit more um, DIY than the previous one, maybe like oh yeah, the previous yeah yeah it, yeah that that that's definitely the case. I mean, that's interesting that you that, that that that's what you found out. But the previous video that's Mumbai for you. So Mumbai is the more kind of richer city, and um, you know things get. What I imagine is that video was later kind of edited. And there was mm. a bit of, you know, and probably a bit of money has gone into it because, as I said, sure. uh, that that song is what got those guys into clubs. So I would imagine someone might have invested a bit of money and helped them make a better yeah, video. Yeah, sure. Whereas Kolkata is is a, it's it's a bit more under resourced uh, mm -hmm. for a city, and even though Sizi does come from a middle class family, but he still wouldn't have the kind of cash. To, to make a more slick video. And, and, and yeah, I sure. think having met him uh, a few times, and uh, you know, even I've been to his house, I've spoken to his family, and uh, just, just judging kind of, kind of person he is, I think he probably likes it that way. He likes the fact that the videos he makes are kind of lo-fi and a bit kind of homemade-like. Yeah, is it the music? He, he made everything, right? He says music and composition yeah. or Sizi, so it's... I think he, he made, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's uh, sort of gotten, this is one of his early videos, and he's been doing a lot of work, doing a lot of gigs, and also performing with a lot of other people. 
his new videos, uh, I haven't quite come across his new videos. I thought this was, the reason I chose this is because it has a lot of those imagery of Calcutta. The, his newer videos are more, uh, they're, not yeah. more sl they're not slicker, but they're just shot in a different way. So they're more like stories of, you know, you know boy meets girl yeah. story, you know, man-woman stories or, story, or, or, or just footage from his gigs. Ah, okay. Or, or stuff he's doing in the studio with other musicians or rappers. Uh, whereas this one actually has got that, you know, you get an idea of how the city looks like from that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's in Bengali. I, I think like the, next the Windows one, XP aesthetic yeah. particularly. Well, that's the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Windows XP. Yeah, that's, like, that's cool. like the original <laughs> YouTube of all these. Whenever you get a tutorial, you got a person open the text, uh, the text edit and then start typing in the text edit yeah. uh, instead of like having a yeah. voice talking it's all like super blurred and well that's the original YouTube oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I think that's his computer I mean that's the funny thing in India is uh, because it's under the resort you know uh, a lot of people are don't have that much money so there's a lot of hand-me-down laptops going around yeah. so, is you know, it... so I've met rappers who just inherited the elder brothers laptop you know so he runs an old software that's one of the things i i really liked like um from some of the really cool videos i met in china that when they shot from the webcam because they're using uh say a pyro software or something there's a like a watermark yeah. says software not registered oh, yeah. or something <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, 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 it shows yeah, yeah. like um i'm so cheap i'm using like software it's not even registered or pirated or something but it doesn't matter it's all yeah. part of the aesthetic i guess yeah yeah, yeah. i think it also uh gives them a bit of currency uh, amongst their peers yeah sure to show that they're like really diy and really they don't have the yeah. money to afford a yeah. good macbook pro I, or whatever yeah that's right i mean it kind of harks back at early hip-hop and even punk uh, i i guess yeah sure so that, but it's not about uh, you know electric guitars or it's not about turntables yeah. it's more about laptops have cheap laptops yeah. or yeah and, and phones and webcams and, webcams yeah, and, and, and huawei phones yeah. yeah that's pretty cool okay um yeah. which uh what do you want to play next uh, the prapti yeah it's very close to my name yeah okay uh, but yeah there you go uh, so he's you, from you, new can delhi you it a little bit yeah yeah so prapdeep is one of the elite figures in the underground hip-hop scene in the sense that he's actually got a lot of media attention and uh, yeah, and, and the critics, there's been a lot of you know, attention from the journalistic community, um, as well as from the general Indian rap community. So Prabhdeep is, he's from New Delhi. He does come from one of the more crime prone areas of the city. Um, and he's, uh, he's seen friends uh, who have basically died due to drug overdose. Um, and he's had a friend who uh, committed suicide because he failed his engineering exams. That's one of the things uh, about the Indian context is there's a lot of pressure on young people to succeed uh, economically, you know, materially. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of young people who sit for engineering, you know, try to get, get into engineering school or medical school, but there's only so many places. And, uh, you know, year after year, they'll be sitting in the exams and failing. And I think this guy hung himself. So uh, this album he's released is a, is a kind of a tribute to some of his friends. 
And uh, so it's, it's quite a dark, intense and moody work that he's done. And it's based a lot on, you know, Francis Lost and what he's seen around him. So it's got a, quite a, a bit of a harder political edge to it. Cool. cool. So uh, we, can, uh, we can have a listen and then talk about it. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Is this a uh, Randeep? What? Is this a uh, Randeep, the rapper? No, it's Prabdeep. Oh, oh, okay. But you do rap, like like Bacha, Hani Singh, the Punjabi rap type. Uh, I do Punjabi rap, but I don't do it like them. But bro, I dug your stuff. I have a big project for you, which will take you up like to the biggest level in India. You'll be the biggest star. So uh, I really want you on that project and I really love your music. So uh, would you be interested in it? Yeah, why not? So the thing is kind of like there's no budgets, but I can promise you exposure. Like you'll be everywhere. Your video will be up everywhere on every channel. And you know, we'll put a hundred percent behind it. You'll be the biggest. It will just be the biggest project. So is it for free? That's what yeah, you say? Yeah, of course, bro. But don't think of it as free. It's for exposure. Sunna, bro. Ah, bolna.
Yeah, so this seems really like more hardcore than the other ones. Oh, yeah. What's the yeah. relationship to fuck in this language? Well, what language are we listening to, actually? This is uh, a bit of uh, Hindi and a bit of Punjabi. Okay. But again, it's, it's very much uh, representative of the, of the slang that would be spoken in that particular enclave of Delhi where this guy comes from. Okay. How hard a curse is fuck for a guy, I mean, not for a guy like this, but in these languages? Like, I, I feel that outside the English context, fuck gets downgraded quite a bit in terms of how uh, offensive it is? Well, I think he he is kind of talking to his community, to the hip-hop community. And, uh, you know, like, basically the middle, showing the middle finger is is, is a sign that, you know, it's, it's a single signal that is quite widely adopted within the hip-hop community. And, uh, and also, the, the track is basically about uh, a dodgy promoter that is trying to book him for a gig and telling him, sorry, there's no money, but I'll make you famous because this mm. gig is going to get a lot of exposure. It's going to be on television. It's going to be shown on a dozen channels. You're going to be on TV. You're going to be on the, on the in the news. And even if you're not going to get paid, you're going to get famous. And, and this happens quite a bit. I mean, it happens even in Australia, where I live, in that there's always some, some kind of shifty promoter that's trying to get you to perform and not pay you. So it's it's a kind of a fuck you to that I guess like like you know uh, because there 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 are a, a couple of very uh, famous commercial rappers in in India who also rap in Punjabi the same language that he's rapping in so he gets stereotyped sometimes because they think just because he's a Punjabi he should also be doing the same kind of commercial stuff as the others. And so he gets stereotyped. So there's a bit of anger about that, that he gets stereotyped. And plus the fact that he has been taken advantage of because he was a struggling artist and he needed work and he did gigs that he thought were going to pay, but he didn't. He got ripped off. So I think there's a bit of an anger there uh, in that particular track. So in all, he's pretty much it's an angry album. And I would say this is the darkest. There's a, there's a couple of dark albums that have come out of the Indian hip-hop community. One is from a Kashmiri rapper. I think you guys are all aware of the political situation in Kashmir. Yeah, sure. um, you know, it's the, I think, Asia's heaviest militarized zone. And um, so uh, MC Cash talks a lot about, you know, living under a heavy military presence and, and where mm. he's been fearful for his life. He's been fearful for his for his friends and his cousins because any young male could easily get picked up by the army and tortured and blah 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 so uh, whereas MC Cash uses a lot of melancholy in his music uh, Prop Deep is just pure rage you know yeah. fuck you and it's also because he comes from Delhi and Delhi is a, is an aggressive city it is a city that makes it into the news for a lot of wrong reasons because you guys must have been hearing about, you know, the high-profile rape cases in India. Oh, yeah. A while ago, it was a big media panic. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. been for a while, like maybe it hasn't a few been for months a while. ago. Yeah. yeah. So Delhi, it happens a lot in Delhi. And I mean, this is, I mean, and why does it happen in Delhi? Why are people so pissed off in Delhi? It is a city that has extremes. You've got some of the wealthiest people on the planet that live in mm -hmm. Delhi in gated cities. And if you go into that gated cities, you might think you are in some, you're in Beverly Hills or, you know, it's like people are having champagne and caviar. They've got private swimming pools. And yet you've got people in, 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 in the same city slipping under a bridge, you know, on, on a sheet of plastic. So there is that huge disparity between the rich and the poor. 
And it's also a city that has a huge transient population in that right. people from all the poorer parts of the country go there to work. And so there's a huge clash of cultures. So the, the more affluent people in New Delhi are kind of westernized, if that's the term that applies here, in that you know, they, they go overseas and they've got all the things that money can buy. And, uh, and then you've got the, a lot of people who don't have anything. So there's resentment. And that kind is of it the, to... is it the elite in Delhi connected to like Bollywood and and cultural industries, or is it just uh, uh, you know uh, they're people? more it's just wealthy people. They're connected to pretty much, I guess, uh, the, a lot of the tycoons, you know, mm. business tycoons, and people in the political section, yeah. in the political class. Bollywood is more Mumbai. That's more a Mumbai thing. Okay, and, and and that's a lot more kind of relaxed. Mumbai is a lot less intense of a city, even though it has, uh, you know, it has a very uh, quite a prominent gang culture in terms of organized crime and even street gangs. But it's still mm-hmm. considered a much softer culture, whereas Delhi is pretty hardcore. Like, there's places in Delhi women uh, wouldn't go uh, to those places after dark. They just wouldn't okay. go. Okay. And, and and then uh, it's also you don't have that much street crime like you know like in terms of say mug getting mugged you don't actually you're not really afraid in India generally of getting mugged but no. Delhi is the exception you could actually get robbed at knife point okay. so it, it, is, it is a violent city and Prabhdeep comes from one of the more troubled according to him I haven't interviewed him yet I'm going to interview him for my PhD and so I probably will find out a bit more about his story but he comes uh, from but what i suspect is he also comes from the neighborhood where a pogrom had taken place in the 80s against sikhs he's a sikh oh. as you have as oh, you he's can a see sikh. okay sure yeah yeah and uh, in in the 1984 the prime minister of india at that time indira gandhi was assassinated by her sikh bodyguards Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of reprisal attacks against Sikhs in the aftermath of her assassination, and I suspect some people, some you know, some people from that uh, enclave that he comes from were probably you know lynched, and uh, so there's a lot of hurt in 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 that area, and I think that okay. he's channeling that in his music. Mm. So you haven't, so you haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, but. But your PhD no. is basically going to talk to all these because you said you talked to the to CZ. Yeah, I've talked to CZ, and uh, well, I, I come from the same city as CZ. My mom, you know, right. I've got family so, there, so whenever I visit my mom, I'm, I also go and hang out with these people, you know, with, with the rappers. Uh, the the kids in Mumbai, uh, I'm in touch with them through social media. Right. But Prabhdeep is the one I would want to get in touch with. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of stories I've heard of him in that he can be a very moody person. <laughs> oh, you know, Some people say, oh, no, he's really a nice guy. He's, an angry, he's got an angry persona, but once you get talking to him, he's really a nice, down-to-earth guy. But anyway, I'm going to find I'm an academic, so you know, there is no rivalry. There is no competition there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write yeah. about him, so yeah, yeah. Unless you start rapping. Under the, under yeah, the same name. Yeah, <laughs> population. Are yeah, they yeah. into hip hop, like the migrant workers? Uh, I not really, because they would be coming from the more rural parts of the country, the remote parts of the country, and they've got their own music. Uh, I mean, that's that's another story. They've got their own music, which is also kind of DIY and uh, you know uses a lot of electronics as well. Uh, so it's more like country music uh, made on computers. 
Indian country music made on computers. So I don't think that it's interesting because uh, rap music in India is pretty much an urban thing. So it's going to be urban kids who grew up in the city. Right. Yeah. So it's it's you. I mean, it goes across classes, but it's still pretty much grounded in the city. It's pretty much in the city. Yeah. Uh, you might have a few small town rappers. Uh, like like I said, the guy from Kashmir. That's a bit different again because the Kashmiris are under siege, and uh, I guess they reach out to any kind of music form that allows them to express their frustrations. Uh, and then in north northeastern part of India, which is kind of this narrow part of India that sits between Myanmar and China, uh, there's a lot of hip hop there as well, which is not necessarily urban, but for most part, it's it's pretty much it, it is. Uh, largely an urban phenomenon. What, why do you think this is? Is this because the rural India is less connected in terms of, uh, I don't know, internet and, and social media and stuff like that? Because I imagine uh, hip-hop, you know, moves around through these channels mostly. Yeah, I think it's it's just a different... Uh, there is, a, there's, again, there, there's a, there is a whole separation of culture in, in urban versus rural India. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, there, there is quite a, a, a gap there. You know, in, in the culture. So even poor people in, in the cities behave very differently, listen to different kinds of music, have got very different um, uh, cultural aesthetics to people in the country. Mm-hmm. So there's... But when it, they... It is a, but the migrant, you said the migrant workers or, I mean, the underclass, that the, the transient population yeah. in cities like New Delhi, they would still have a, a, like a more rural uh, background? Yes, of, yes, yeah. yeah, they will. In fact, they would... Uh, the music they listen to would be the music that kind of, you know, that pretty much represents the, the regions they come from. And because Delhi is a bit of a melting pot of these different people, you can go to the flea markets and buy... You know, pirated DVDs of music from all parts of the country. So this oh, transient, yeah. So this transient workers, when they go to that market to buy music or to download or to have music downloaded onto their phones, they will choose music that kind of represents their regions. Yeah, I think uh, I saw there was this like viral picture a while ago about uh, USB keys being sold in. Mm. I think it was India, like with music yeah, yeah. on it, like like massive. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's huge. It's huge, and and pretty much that's you know you've got a whole industry set around putting you know selling people software and music. So you'd be going, you'd buy your phone, you'd get your SIM card, and the same dude would also sell you you know pirated software and download you know hours and hours of music MP3s onto your phone. Yeah, that's something that I think happens in, in uh, a lot of uh, countries where uh, you know this kind of media are, are taking up fast like uh, I read about similar Indeed. things in Myanmar and even China I think. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Cambodia and Laos, all those places, yeah. all those countries, yeah, and Africa as well. So yeah, so now the audience for this underground hip hop would be the the hip hop community itself. And the urban hipsters, middle class hipsters. Mm. So you could go to a hip hop gig in, in, in any Indian city and you'll have the hardcore hip hop community yes. there. Who, uh, and they could be coming from any social class uh, or religious background. 
and then you'll have a whole bunch of people with you know fashionable wearing fashionable clothes and you know sleek hair, you know fashionable haircuts or whatever you know and these are the middle class hipsters who are kind of uh, sort of tapping into this subculture and they they have come to this subculture later than the original audience it's like that you know they just recently discovered it and are trying to kind of yeah, I mean, appropriate it or they they're always been around they've always been around uh, okay i mean any kind of urban music in india which which has western origins uh, mm-hmm. would always have a kind of a middle class following so before hip hop uh, there used to be a whole indie rock scene in india but right. indie rock in india sounds very different to indie rock in the west uh, you know mm-hmm. uk or us it's you know so it's basically rock bands they're basically folk rock bands in that they're using um, indian instruments in addition to guitars and bass and yeah drums. that's that's one thing that struck me about this um this three tracks we listened to is that i mm. would have expected a little bit more of uh, you know kind of ethno musicological appropriation mm. of indra- traditional music or instruments but there seems to be nothing like this beats could be coming from you know anywhere yeah in that case i think i've got to send you another track which okay. is a bit different and Perfect. might kind of uh, it's an interesting track because it's another bengali track but it involves a uh, a spiritual minstrel i like the uh m&m influenced abt i don't know if we're going to that i assume we're going to uh like one that mixes traditional beats or something like that but, yeah yeah uh, yeah here yeah. here it comes check out the last one That night, hip hop arrived. Right then, I knew that you and me were meant to chill and fight. Elevator feeling, ball in the building. Everybody chilling, now I'm independent. I can touch the ceiling, I can be like Dylan. I can make a million, I can have opinions. I'm in love, I'm in love with the song. I'm in love with the beat. I'm in love with the rhythm, rhythm. I said, I'm in love, I'm in love with the song I'm in love with the beat I'm in love with the rhythm, 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 rhythm Thuli bija bona goya mi bini bija bona Thuli bija bona Ava jai wana bini tirni Gabi thuli bija bona Ava jai wana bini tirni Gabi thuli bija bona Ava jai wana bini tirni Gabi thuli bija bona Cholo to mai ami niye jai Dur ko thao cholo No tum ko thao niye jabo Amar chate cholo Shanti nike tane boshe achi ami pashe boshe achi taro Das gan lekha leki bau shekha sheki shobar hate boro Class, Baba Bole Chilo Gangoro to me, Bule Jao Shop Koshto. This is the beginning, I'm already winning, I'm just waiting at the crossroad. Body not, body not, Amitakte, R.A.P. Chara, Ni Amar Konotara. 
acid body na body na amitakte r a p chara nei amar kono tara 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 tulbi jabo na goy ami benbe jabo na tulbi jabo na amar jabon bene tulbi jabo na tulbi jabo na amar jabon bene so um i i think i heard about this vowel thing before is it like folk yeah. thing like singers, yeah they're like minstrels like Minstrels. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the the bowl so, is it's the main singer or is the other guy? Uh, the bowl is the is the guy in the saffron wearing the traditional okay, saffron yeah, sure. costume. Yeah, uh, you know the older guy with the long hair. So he's a bowl. Uh, yeah. So it's like they are kind of like a, a, okay. a sect. So I would say you know similar sects would be the. Um, the Sufis or the whirling dervishes in Turkey. So mm-hmm. they're kind of a spiritual sect, and they they kind of travel the country and perform. They sing and they'll perform with instruments like the ones you saw. And uh, they basically get paid uh, mostly used to get paid in food and shelter because they'll be traveling. So okay. people would put them up, you know, lodge them, feed them, even give them a bit of money to help them travel. Uh, of course, that kind of lifestyle has kind of come to an end, uh, partly because Bengal got divided into West Bengal, which is in India. Yeah. And East Bengal, which is a, an independent country, Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. So these bowls used to travel all across Bengal, and due to political reasons, they can't do that anymore. So uh, they still do a bit of traveling, but mostly they just perform in in uh, in, uh, in festivals. So their tradition, what they do traditionally, is playing that kind of uh, like small string instrument. I don't know the yes. name. Yes. Okay. Oh right, yeah. So like very rustic string instruments, homemade string instruments, okay. and they would sing, play them, and they would have, you know, they will have like zills and beads on their mm-hmm. ankles and then use oh, that as right, percussion right. and they'd play the string instruments. It's kind of like blues, you know, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. You could call it Bengali blues. And uh, and the songs were, some of the songs were devotional songs, so they had a religious connotation to it. But some some of it were, some of them were just about everyday life, you know, which is what Indian uh, hip hop is. It, it kind of, in a sense, is a continuation of that tradition of, you know, singing about everyday life, everyday life of, for the, of the common person. So what happened in and, this uh, in this song is that the, the artist, is it named Fiago? Yeah, Fiago. So Fiago is, as you can see by... His uh, his gear and the way he's uh-huh. dressed up, he is a middle class guy yeah. uh, from Calcutta, but he's actually gone into the country. A lot of the bowls would live in the country because that's what you know, that's where they feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. so you see him going traveling in that car and his recording, uh, you know, a, 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 a duet with with this, with Tarek Dasbal, the mm-hmm. the older guy. So it's it's a kind of a I guess. He's also paying a tribute to that tradition because yeah, sure. it has links to what Fiago would be doing in a more modern context. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of the time when it was usually the middle class person would be like more willing to take on these, I don't know, perceived tradition or traditional music or whatever, 
whereas really people from the slum they're more attracted to more like imaginary and the modernity of oh yeah 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 that that that's 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 a fact so for example niazi or divine the two slum guys you saw in the first video they wouldn't be going into the country and try and record with minstrels mm-hmm. they would rather be you know trying to do their own you know do it you know hang out with people like themselves you know other rappers in the city and they'll have aspirations which are very different in that they will want to uh, perform in clubs they would want a contract they would want to you know go traveling so yeah I think tradition doesn't have the same meaning to them as it would to a middle class rapper. And that's an interesting thing which I will also explore as part of my research in uh you know the aspirations of of these rappers uh, yeah, based like on a great, social great topic. Yeah. 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 So and that's what I've noticed that the middle class rappers tend to be more into uh you know kind of reviving tradition whereas mm-hmm. as Dino said the 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 slum the kids from the slum uh they're not so interested in that they're cut off from the country anyways they've they've been born in slums they've spent all their lives in dingy little rooms in slums so the country life doesn't mean anything to them they don't have the education or or, or the exposure to to that so their world is pretty much what's around them and what they and what they aspire to yeah probably they they just they want to get out of the out of the slum before you know yeah, getting into yeah. yeah appropriating or even just paying tribute to other traditions yeah they, they yes, need to yes. build their own first yes. yeah I mean, and, and that's in, in, interesting. Yeah, Dino, continue. Uh, I feel like um, it remind me a lot of the the live the, the music that the video you just showed me remind me a lot of um, uh, Howley's music, especially the live show he did just uh, a few weeks ago in Melbourne. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I missed that. Um, Howley, this music is very much appropriating a lot of Tibetan music and um, or traditional instruments and stuff like that, and appropriating that into mm. hip hop. Um, and a lot of it is very much exotic stuff like him himself is probably exoticizing those stuff anyway whereas mm. if you're looking mm. at more of like rural music um um i mean i don't know like rural chinese music for example rural hip-hop a lot of it's yeah. really like both well, very much similar to the what you talk about like indian slam music very much about imaginations of what what urban yeah for it's them. like crappy crappy disco beats yeah. and like yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, um, that's right. They don't have or, that or, yeah. yeah, they don't have that, that exotic exotic gaze of um a, a, say a middle class person being like properly studied music in a way. That's right, that's right. So you uh Fiago as well as uh, CZ, uh, th- these these guys are come from educated middle class backgrounds. So I think that exotic traditional folk music uh, kind of uh, uh, inspires them. You know, it's it's something they that has meaning to them. Yeah, uh, and whereas, it's probably a good a good move to sell to like more middle class audiences that want to feel like indeed. Indeed, you know, it's and hip-hop, also, but it's also Indian or it's 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 a bit and and they've they've also got and I I remember talking to CZ about it and uh, uh-huh. uh, he what I kind of said to him because he asked me and he said, do you think if I made uh, be if if I used uh, Indian instrumentation or more Indian sounds in my in my productions, uh, what would that mean for a for a non-Indian global audience? And mm-hmm. my answer to him was. If it sounded kind of like hip hop mixed with Indian folk music, 
uh, it might actually tick the global world music criteria. Oh, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's how you attract um, Western audience to make your sound. Um, yeah, but I, I was thinking because before we were saying that if these artists want to make it to the global or American market, they have to switch to English. But probably the other way is to incorporate traditional elements. Like there are some some Chinese bands that incorporate, you know, um, like Mongolian uh, ethnic instruments, and they still sing yes. in Chinese, but they become Hangai. The, yeah, like Hangai. Yeah. And and they're they're big hits globally because they're like oh it's global metal you know or like world music rock a mashup yeah. so even if you don't understand what they're saying you still have a way to link onto the ethnic reference of it yeah but if you listen That's to right. like the the first couple of videos that we listen to you mm. know it sounds like hip hop that could come from anywhere and I don't understand what they're saying so it's really hard to say okay I like this you know as a global That's right yeah 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 that's right that's right so it has meaning in the indian context but for a global audience it's like yeah it's hip-hop sung in an indian language yeah i don't have no idea what it's saying so it's hard to relate mm. to i guess if, you, if you're not willing to go and look for translations or stuff like that exactly whereas if they were using more indian sounds uh and, and mixing it kind of you know nicely with with beats you, you relate to the sounds even if you don't understand the words you go oh, okay but the, the music's cool you know that kind of stuff yeah 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 sure yeah so i think now that's going to mostly that awareness will be there mostly with the more middle class section of the community mm -hmm. and the, the more kind of working class slum kids i think they'll just have to have a, a producer or a dj that leads them that way. Yeah. And uh, I think, I mean, this is, I would say the Indian underground hip hop scene is probably about 2003, okay, 2004. So 15, 15 years. 15 years. And I think it's grown. I think it started, uh, I remember talking to some of the guys and they were saying that they used to have this social media. This is pre Facebook called Orkut. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah. a Google thing, right? Uh, as a Google mm -hmm. thing, yeah. yeah, and they they would use Orkut to 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 hook up with each other and, and get to know each other. Yeah, oh, that's so, quite cool. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think this explosion of in terms of like now every Indian city has a hip hop scene and there's more and more young people getting into it. I think this probably started 2010, 2012, that time. Yeah, and it's probably more related to mobile phones and, and you know, being able yes. to do a, yes. like a production on your phone yeah. because, you know, yes. Orchid, you, you can connect to other people, but if you can't make music on your device, it's kind of hard to. It, it is kind of hard to, yes. I think it has a lot to do with phones. And uh, I, what I've noticed is some of the very young people uh, rappers uh, that's what they do it's just on their phone they're, they're on their phone all the time they're recording themselves they're sampling sounds on their phone uh, i think yeah i would say smartphone has led to yeah, this smartphones, yeah. and uh, yeah so i'll probably find out more when i so, so far i've kind of just scratched the surface yeah and uh, so there's there's a lot because it is a very uh, i mean india in some ways is different but also similar to China in that these are very, very old cultures. And of course, China has had a lot of other things going on, like it's had the Cultural Revolution. And it's yeah, had... I mean, recent recent history is pretty different, but they're both it's like huge, yeah. huge countries and hugely diver internally diverse. Internally diverse. And yeah. uh, so 
and they're very complex and uh, and of yeah and with that comes with that complexity comes a lot of uh, nuances and a lot of things that uh, that have to be very deeply explored yeah so, well, one thing I found out because I did some research on Chinese uh, experimental music and one thing I found out is that you know focusing on one city is already a lot yes because it's similar indeed. there seems to be a similar thing in which music is kind of regionalized and music scenes are based in one city there is travel but you know um, yeah you can see different vibes in different cities. So I don't know how you're going to, uh, are you going to approach these uh, like music making from um, like a media studies perspective? Because you're at RMIT, so are you doing more uh, like less ethnomusicology and more? Yes, yes, okay. uh, that's that's the, yeah. so it's going to be more media studies. Uh, I mean, I could, I could go anywhere I like. I mean, I probably sure. would do an ethnomusicological Angle. I'll, I'll put an ethnomusical logical angle to it as well, but probably not for the PhD, more for my mm-hmm. my own interest. So the PhD is going to be, you know, the the, the role of the of, of digital media, the role of uh, digital artifacts, and and how you know has this all been playing and uh, a part in, in in modern Indian youth culture. Sure. So it's gonna be. Are you gonna do like a long term field work? Like, are you gonna go there for like months or a year, or it's more like short trips uh, back and short forth. trips short trips, yeah, yeah. short trips back and forth yeah well partly because i i still uh, i've got a full-time job uh, right. and which you know requires me to to be in in melbourne for like you know certain times of the year so i don't have that flexibility to uh, to go and travel anytime but uh, i've got a i've got a few i've got a big leave coming up where i can just disappear for six months so i might okay. take advantage of that particular it's called a long service leave in Australia, if you've worked in an organization for 10 years, after 10 years, they give you this kind of privilege to, you know, to basically take a few months off. And yeah, uh, sounds, I work uh, at... sounds like a good opportunity. Yeah. So that's what I might do. I uh, I mean, I've been, I'll be going to India. Every, I go to India every year because my mother still lives there and I have to go and mm-hmm. see her. She's getting old. Uh, but when I go there for the field work, it's going to be a lot longer and probably... It's not, going to, not only going to be Calcutta, it's also going to be Mumbai. What I'm going to mainly look at is Mumbai and Calcutta. So Mumbai as the hub and Calcutta as the regional well, center. Yeah, that's of, the, yeah, yeah, usually yeah. the model where you pick um, sort of urban center and you pick a regional mm. city. And not necessarily to compare mm. them, but like to see the diversity of... Yeah, because otherwise it's, it's really difficult. Like part of me got excited with Kashmiri hip-hop. But that's a really difficult place to get to go to. You would need a you need a permit from the government, and uh, you'd also need several permits to because it's a war zone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, I want to ask yeah. you if you like in in all of this. You said you're a DJ, and maybe you also do music. Um, yeah. If you, how do you? Or are you planning to incorporate this? You know, your own personal activities into this. Like, are you going to do? You know, I don't know, curate some mixtapes or or selections or, uh, you know, expose some artists that you're going to encounter during your fieldwork uh, as uh, part of yes. your... Yes. Yeah, yeah th- I would like to do that. I'd actually like to... Uh, in the near future, I'm going to make a mixtape, maybe, okay. you know, like maybe 30 is it, minutes is your project, short mixtape. Is your thesis project or like project, like thesis based or project based, your PhD? Um, a thesis, thesis based. Okay, because... I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing a practice one, no. It's just... Uh, uh, I think it's just I just feel more comfortable doing it in a more uh, kind of uh, conventional academic. Well, truly, yeah. Yeah, that's the, I'd, I'd like to do that. In fact, I've actually 
done a mixtape for Double J, which is mm. a radio station in uh, in Australia, part of okay. the ABC ABC network. So I've done them a twenty minute mixtape, but that was more about uh, independent music in India in general, uh, okay. not not only focused on hip hop. But I think I'm going to I'm going to do up uh, do a mixtape on Indian hip hop, underground hip hop. Uh, in, in the near future, probably in the next few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Fantastic. good. So th- it was great yeah, to thank chat. You. Pa- yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's a pleasure. It was a great chat. <laughs>